Hello and welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Renovators. My name is Chanel and Real Estate Renovators is the business advisory show for real estate professionals. To my left, my fellow co-host and my great friend, Mr. Rex Afrasiabi. How are we, Rexy? I am well. I think it's the first time you ever called me your friend. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I've agreed to do this. That's why I'm a friend today. He is my, he is my great friend. I don't think today's guests need any introduction, but I'm going to introduce them anyway. Australia's number one real estate recruitment firm, Team Titanium Recruitment. How are we, team? Happy to be here, excited? Yeah, great. I don't think there's a business owner in Australia that hasn't faced the issues and the dilemma of recruitment in the last two years. It's been a really volatile industry with lockdowns, flexible working, people relocating. So it's now more than ever that we're really relying on recruitment agencies to grow particular organisations. Would you say, Rexy? organisations. I think recruitment agencies have boomed more so in the last two years than any other industry. And it's really, really lucky to have you guys here to talk about recruitment for real estate agents. And, yeah. you know, we're going to have split up in two parts, I believe. We are. One for sales, how to recruit for sales and how to recruit for property management. We're back. And today, first, our first two guests, we're going to talk about property management. Property management is so important to any real estate business. Mm -hmm. It's the value of the business that can borrow against it. It's the value they sell it for. And as I can hear, it's getting really hard to recruit in property management, isn't it? I think if we look at the last two years, particularly during the COVID pandemic, we saw a lot, a mass exodus of property managers. So the statistic is one in three property managers left the industry during the COVID pandemic, mm. which meant that a lot of businesses were, were relying on property management for their bread and butter income yeah. when they weren't being able to go out and list and sell homes. Can I also say there's, for my understanding, there's so much changes coming to the marketplace for property managers, but from 1st of March, you know, there's regulations now with minimum requirements. How does how do you recruit for that? Well, the best people to ask, Rex, are I mean, I thought one Chelsea was enough, but it wasn't, so I ended up getting two Chelsea's. Welcome so got, Chelsea. Meet my right hand. Chelsea oh. and Chelsea. Chelsea and Chelsea. So Chelsea and Chelsea Rex, they look after my property management recruitment at Titanium Recruitment. So they are on the forefront of speaking to, interviewing. Um, and basically liaising with property managers day in, day out. Mm -hmm. So girls, answer Rex's question. How do you... Firstly, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Happy to be here. Tell Thanks us, for having us, recruitment. How did you get into recruitment to start with? How did I get into recruitment? Both of you. We both came from real estate. Yeah. Actually. As in yeah. PM or...? No, we were both in sales in real estate. Chelsea was in sales. I was in sales for about a year. And funny enough, Chanel was actually my recruiter. She actually placed me oh. at my job in real estate. And look, I really enjoyed the industry, but at the end of the day, it was more so that work-life balance that just didn't really work out for me. So I ended up wanting to try recruitment and Chanel got me on board and there you go, yeah. four wow. years later. Four years? I know. Yeah. Same, yeah. exactly the same pretty much. I was in sales for two years. The boys actually poached me and met up with me and I had no interest at all to get into recruitment at the time. Mm. And it wasn't until they explained to me, I came in, I met the team and I realized how similar the two roles were yeah. and I loved my job. Yeah. So moving into recruitment, it was just a no-brainer. And yeah. property management recruitment, it must be one of the toughest jobs. You know, they don't get the big sales, I suppose, or big commissions, mm. but mm. the bread and butter of any real estate business. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How do you go about recruiting someone? Yeah, so typically with property management, what we're finding in the market at the moment is that they're wanting a lot of flexibility to be able to work from home. 
I think one major thing that came out of the lockdowns was that, you know, all property managers were working from home. So they knew that they were able to have the systems and procedures to be able to do so. So mm. now coming out of lockdown, a lot of companies, you know, straight out of it were able to provide them with some flexibility. But what we're finding in the market at the moment is that that now has been reverted back to Monday to Friday only in the office. So that's one major thing that property managers are looking for at the moment. The flexibility? Yeah, yeah. flexibility to, to work from home 100%. Recruit, like your the offices and tell them, look, can't do that anymore. It's a really tricky one because I know a lot of clients want to have property managers in the office for the culture of the business. However, it's, you know, if they're experienced enough and they don't need to be trained and mentored and monitored in the office, I would recommend having at least one to two days work from home as, you know, it's a day that they can smash out all of their admin, get down all of their phone calls, um, and yeah, pretty much have the ability to be able to get everything done without having the distractions of being in the office. So. Chanel was talking about one in three property managers have left the industry. Yeah. So, and there's such a big demand for property management. So how do you go about mm. finding a property manager? Yeah. Well, the moment we get a job on, we jump straight onto our database. So we are so fortunate at Titanium mm. to have such a huge database. All we do all day, every day is interview candidates. So yeah. we jump on, we touch base with pretty much everyone. Uh, once we've done that, we go straight to seek, we post a job ad, then we headhunt. And by headhunt, we get on LinkedIn, social media, post a job there, message essentially as many people as we can. Just not from our clients. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course. And um, yeah, so spread the word. Be, yeah. But I think yeah, also exactly. what the girls are exceptional at, right, Rexy, mm. is that we'll get a job on, right? Mm. And they are so great at going, okay, this candidate that I met with wants one in six Saturdays because she's yeah. got a child. She also wants flexible flexibility. She wants to be five minutes from home. Mm. We've just got this job on in, let's just say, Elwood. The mm. girls will go straight to their candidates that have all they've all been met in the radius of that area. Yeah. And then they'll go about calling them and then pitching that opportunity based mm. on what that candidate wanted in that interview. Exactly. So it's really like matchmaking for the, mm. the people. Exactly. Yeah. And they're really good at it as well. You've really got to understand the motivations of the candidate, what they're looking for. Is it progression, work from home, what kind of office would they be better suited for? A bigger mm. team environment, a smaller fam warmly warmly. Warm family feel environment. And then from there, we're able to, you know, really match it with our clients. And the way that we do that as well is by going out to meetings with the clients, really getting to know what they are looking for in a candidate moving forward and who would be a better fit for the yeah. team. And what's the mm. right mix, like in terms of one product manager to how many properties? What's the portfolio you're pitching for? Like, mm. is there a formula for it or just as many as they can do? It always varies. I think it's. Mm kind of whatever brief we get from the client. Yeah. And yeah. I would recommend with the portfolio size, what we're finding as well when we're interviewing candidates is they're managing quite big portfolios. So they're not able to fully nurture and maintain those relationships with both the tenants and landlords. So I would always recommend keeping the portfolio reasonably sized so they're able to fully nurture those relationships as well. And what about BDMs? Do you guys um, yeah. recruit for BDMs as well? And yeah. Vast, what's the difference between a BDM role and a management role? Mm. So business development management, it's all about growing the rental department's rent role. So what you're initially doing is prospecting as well as, you know, leads are also coming in internally that you also have to close. Mm. Um, but you're growing the rental. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I know what the differences are. But yeah. Your candidates, what do you look for in a difference in a candidate? So if a candidate mm. comes to you from a management role, do you go, you're really good. 
Yeah, exactly. Through. So what we'll initially do, if we find that they've got the right salesy skills, um, they've been in property management as well as understanding, look, if they are looking to leave property management or if they feel that they need a bit more of a challenge, we'll always pitch them to business development management because they already have a good understanding of, you know, the rental department and going into a BDM position, it's quite an easy transition for them because they yeah. already know what they're kind of pitching um, and they know what, you know, their landlords are looking for as well. The reverse? Do you get salespeople and try to put them in BDM? Yeah, or? of course. Yeah, they've yeah. naturally got the people skills. Yeah, it's even. Yeah. No idea about how to do a PM role. Well, it's similar Not to really, no. how we both mm. were poached. Yeah. We didn't know recruitment either until mm. it's explained to them. So it's our job then to explain what it takes to be a BDM. And they're like, mm. actually, yeah. yeah, I do want to do that. I'd be great at that. And that's kind of how they transition into it. Mm. But they don't really know until they've ex been explained to. So, my understanding is that the 1st of March is going to mm. be massive changes to the regulations for all landlords and yeah. the requirements of property management. I would assume that PMs would be going a little bit crazy about this point and a lot of yeah. shift in the marketplace. Have you seen it and how do you deal with it? Yeah, there was already such a massive shift in the market. I mean, 30% of property managers had left the industry since the changes in legislation as well as going through you know, the lockdowns as well. Um, so yeah, we've already seen that change. So yeah, it's it's going to be something to see what else happens. Yeah. What I want to ask the two yeah. of you girls that I think is going to be really beneficial to our audience is that mm. some companies are growing property managers mm. rapidly uh -huh. and yeah. some can't even find one. Mm. What is What are property managers attracted to? Like yeah. you know off the top of your head, even with me saying that, the clients that are securing candidates like mm -hmm. this and mm. the clients that are struggling. What do clients need to do to attract strong property managers to their business and then retain them in the yeah. organizations? Yeah. Yeah, the property management department probably has the lowest job satisfaction that we've ever seen. And it's quite sad for us because yeah. I think that's due to a lot of high turnover because of, you know, being overworked, feeling burnt out, mm -hmm. ongoing issues all the time. And typically yeah. for property managers that have just joined the industry, they got a new job, they moved out of home, they're trying to pay their rent. All of this without knowing petrol prices were going to spike, you know. Um, but property management salaries have really gone up too. Some businesses can't yeah. afford property management properties. Yeah, mm. but that's what I'm saying. It's hard because property managers can't afford to live right now because of the increase of living so that's they're why using their cars a lot so they're driving yeah. from property to property all day so petrol mm. prices have gone up cost of living has gone up and then they're yeah. managing these portfolios and they're driving from one side of melbourne to another side of melbourne mm. if the portfolio isn't local to the office yeah, yeah. so and typically you would look for a local yeah, portfolio. that's why support is so attractive yeah to of course the property management department mm. because it doesn't have to be so bad the way that they make it out to be, I guess. In terms of recruitment, what do you look for in a good property manager? I would say longevity in their positions. Typically that's what clients tend to favour is candidates that have stayed within their company for X amount of years rather than constant movement. However, what we're finding at the moment is since there has been such a shortage in the market for property managers, as soon as they see you know, a role with a higher salary or flexibility to work from home, instead of actually asking their current employer if they can have that flexibility or a higher salary, they're just moving on and going into a new agency, leaving them to have then movement on their resume. So, Have you seen yeah. the change in agencies as well? Like, mm. You see the smaller agencies, kind of their property management has been sold off to bigger agencies, yeah. and the bigger ones getting bigger and the smaller ones kind of yeah. dying off. 
It's happening, yeah, pretty much every month we're seeing agencies drop off and the bigger agencies that are open to, you know, keeping up to the changes in obviously the salary in the market and what it's reflecting at the moment as well as offering flexibility, support as well so then they can fully nurture their, you know, tenants and rela relationships with landlords as well. Um, yeah. I think the job has a low satisfaction rate, but it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, and there's companies like the, the the larger companies are fortunate enough to have field support agents, mm. basically going out and doing like routines, opens, and and all these tasks that are taking away from property managers being able to really sort of interact and 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 manage the relationships between landlord and tenant. Mm. So we're seeing a shift now from property managers now being called relationship managers. Yeah. Then you've got a new role as well, which is field agents, where these you know. Um, junior PMs are out doing all the running around and your experienced property managers are now really focused on relationships. Exactly, building. which is and beneficial that's to the business as well. Absolutely. That's what you want at the end of the day. Absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you, Chelsea and Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you for today. having so, us. Yeah. Before, I, we, before we let Chelsea and Chelsea go, girls, I want you to give the audience, particularly business owners, mm -hmm. one piece of advice that you think would make their business more attractive in the property <clears throat> management department. Um, I would recommend um, to keep up to date with the market, make sure that you know your salaries that you're offering property managers are reflecting the market at the moment. Provide support to your property managers. That's the number one thing that they're looking for at the moment. If they are experienced enough to be able to have that flexibility to work from home without being monitored, then I would recommend providing them with that flexibility. Mm. And yeah, that's my bit of advice yeah. for business owners out there at the moment. Yeah, mm. pretty much exactly that, as yeah. well as kind of get that passion back with the property managers as well. So whether that be little incentives, mm. get them exactly. excited again. And yeah, I think that'll be a really big shift for them as well. Yeah. Can I ask one more question? Yeah. You both are doing so well. So what, what advice would you give property managers in this marketplace mm -hmm. now? If you're some of our viewers aren't business owners, they're just property managers, mm -hmm. not just, but they're property managers, mm. very yeah. important roles. So what advice would you give them? Mm. I would recommend if you're unhappy in your current company at the moment, whether it's because they don't call provide you. you. <laughs> yeah, call me. Or if it's because you don't have that flexibility to work from home or you feel quite stagnant, you're not being supported, have that conversation with your current agency mm. and director about it first before starting your job search. If you have done that and there isn't any you know, movement in terms of salary or mm. they're not willing to offer you what you want, then start your job search, but make sure you are 100% ready to start the move before you actually approach other agencies. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. As well as I think I speak to a lot of property managers all day and a lot of them are so unhappy and it's so heartbreaking as well to listen yeah. to them. And I think that no amount of money at all is worth your mental health. Exactly. So you don't need to be loyal to your employer always. Exactly. And if you are sad, the grass yeah. is greener. Yeah. Yeah. Great words of wisdom. Oh, yeah. Well done, both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, girls. Next up, we have our sales, sales. recruitment boys. Looking forward to this. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we're back. We are. We had property management. I actually learned so much from Chelsea and Chelsea. They're they fantastic. Really well. Uh, I think, yeah. But I also, can I just say, Rexy, I also don't think a lot of um, people realize that Titanium is actually split into two categories, which is our property management recruitment and our sales recruitment. Wow. They're going to know that now. Well, they're going to know that now. <laughs> but what I was going to add with that is that property management recruitment and sales recruitment, just like a traditional real estate office where you've got your PM team and your sales team, they're entirely different skill sets of recruitment as well as jobs. They are. 
And to talk about sales recruitment, we've got Jeremy. We've got Luke. Welcome, boys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, we learned so much. So where do we start? How did you get into recruitment? I understand you worked at sales. Um, yeah, I did project sales and real estate. So I did that for about eight years in Melbourne's West. And I actually didn't mean to apply for the job in recruitment. Oh, really? I, I don't think I meant to. Yeah, I actually meant to apply for a job. Well, I applied for a couple of jobs in project sales and channel partnering. So you had a guy on before, Chris. I applied for a job with him. It was actually yeah. offered the position too. And, and he was um, quite upset that he didn't take it. Well, I really enjoyed the interview with him as well. But um, met Chanel as well. Better. And <laughs> Chanel actually ghosted me as well for about a week too. So Chris was following me up, trying to see if I was going to take the position. And Chanel just wasn't talking to me at all. So I had to make a decision there where I was going to work. And I got a really good vibe from the guys at Titanium. So I ended up sticking with her. Sales is a lifeline of any real estate agency. Um, and especially in today's market where the market's getting tough, I feel like. So how do you guys go about recruiting for sales? We'll, uh, so we've got a couple of methods of doing something. So social media is exactly the same way. We've got Luke to work for us as well, where people will just passively reach out to us to actually find out what opportunities are out there. But more often than not, it's headhunting. So that's what me and Luke spend about, well, probably majority of our time actually targeting agencies. And again, not the ones that we actually recruit for, but um, targeting like agencies or their competitors to find sales agents and see if they're happy where they are. If they're not, then they engage us in a conversation. Then we can discuss what else is out there as well. But most of it is headhunting. Otherwise, it's databasing. And then with headhunting, how do you get them to move? How do you persuade an agent to move to one of your customers from? Um, it's, it's, it's not that, it's not as easy as it would sound, I suppose, but- I, It wouldn't be, because if they're happy where they are and they've got a, you know, an established name within a brand, how do you get them to move to a, a competitor? Well, if an agency, it's very taboo to talk to other agencies majority of the time. Mm. Like if I'm a sales agent working in, you know, West Melbourne and I go to a competitor's agency down there as well, the talk spread, it's a very small industry. Someone will say to their friend or their director, this is happening and then the conversation starts very quickly. So people are scared to actually engage in those conversations at start. So even if someone is unhappy, or if, sorry, even if someone is un, someone's unhappy where they're at at the moment, they probably won't say anything to anyone because again, it spreads like wildfire. So really it's more so just having a, an avenue for them to, to let it all out, yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, it's also, sorry Rex, before please. I continue on, because there's something that you missed there as well, Jeremy. Sorry. The boys are, are on the phones all day, all day. They're, they're headhunting agents, they're speaking to agents, but timing is everything. So all these agents that they're speaking to, they might not want to move right now. But when the time's right, the first person they're going to call is the boys because the relationship has been established. So it's not about so calling and, and headhunting and getting them right away. It's building relationships that can then come back to us in the future. So very similar to real estate, I suppose. Correct. Well, yeah, it's the exact same as real estate. Instead yeah. of prospecting vendors and houses for, you know, they're selling in two years or three years, we're looking for people who potentially move in a year or two years or three years or whatever. So if I'm a real estate agency, me putting an app, an app on Seek, it's very different to coming to you guys because you're prospected from your database that you've nurtured for years from my understanding. Yeah, and usually we'll have the contacts that we can touch base with straight away. In terms of recruiting a sales agent, what do you look for? How do you know if someone's a good sales agent or... You sort of know someone's a good sales agent within the first within the first thirty seconds of actually interviewing them. So it's just to get that vibe, that confidence that they bring across, and speaking to them about what they're currently doing and how they come across and portray themselves is a big mm. thing in that first interaction we have. If, if the conversation's enjoyable when we have it with them, like they're made for sales. That's kind of a short fire thing. Do they have the skills with it? Skills can be trained, but like not the attitude and not the personality. That kind of comes naturally. What the what the gentlemen are exceptional at is that when when speaking to agents, particularly those that are entry level to the industry, 
They don't sell the dream of real estate. They don't say, hey, you're first year, you're gonna be flying, you're on 100K, people come to the office, they're gonna you know, wanna sell a house. The boys are very good at giving a very warts and all scenario. How do you feel about door knocking all day? How do you feel about hitting the phones for six hours a day? How do you feel about it being Saturday at four o'clock and you, you're still at an auction and all your friends are out, you know, starting their Saturday sessions? Are you comfortable with that? And gauging their reaction, if they want it, you'll see it. They'll want it. They'll be like, this is what I want. I don't like you. You can see that there's hesitation about well, what are the hours like or, or, you know, when will I start, you know, get, get, getting off money by rolling? You know, that, that's not what the, the incentive is for real estate. The incentive is it's a long term game and the boys are really good at picking that when meeting with candidates and qualifying them. Just to touch on that as well, it's like our job to try and scare them away from accepting the position especially entry level because we, it's, not a, it's a lifestyle, it's a career. It it's is. not a nine to five job where they think it's, I'm home by 5.30 on a Monday night and my hands are tired. Your phone can ring at 10 o'clock at night and, and you might be doing a deal. So outside of exactly right, because people, people want to see a house. It's, they're working nine to five, mm. they're going to come see it after hours. So you're doing long days. And I suppose it's the fun part about recruitment as well because we're working around sales agents who are working around people who usually work nine to five. So our hours are pretty ridiculous a lot of the time they as well. Are. Like we'll be in the office until 7, 8 o'clock some nights just talking to real estate agents because that's when they're available after their inspections. Mm. Um, in terms of career advancement for a sales agent, do you guys help with their career advancement? Not just to place them somewhere else, but do you work within an office to give them promotions or talk to officers to you know, talk about this guy's doing really well? How do you... Well, that, that conversation's actually been coming up quite a bit lately, actually. There's a lot of agents that want to step into more sales management uh, mentorship type trainer roles and the reality is like there's more money in just being a sales agent once you step into that sales management role like it's very limiting in what you can do yes you've got less hours less expectation less kpis and you're mentoring staff members but most of those staff members are making more money than you uh, if you're advising that you know someone with one two three years experience what would you give them what, what's a good advice to give someone from a recruitment agency from a recruitment point of view, how do you, what should they do with their career? Should they work under a high performer? Should they try to be good themselves? Should they go to training? Well, it depends on the director they're working under. So there are, there are two types of directors. There's ones with abundance mentalities and scarcity mentalities, where the scarcity mentality is really old school lately, where it's the more and more I give to a staff member, the less I actually have as a director, where now we've got directors like Kevin Chocksky or, you know, I mentioned um, Stasi and Alec from Woodards and Doncaster, for example, where They've structured Stassi their business. The correct guy. I love Stasi. Love Stasi. Love talking to those guys. Alec just won RERV Salesperson of the Year as well. I think and this Stassi year. won. Well, the office won medium-sized agency. I think it's their third year in a row as well. Um, but yeah, like the, the way they structure their business is all in the benefit of the agent. So it depends on, I suppose, individuals to answer your question. Mm. And I think when we're looking for entry-level agents to the industry, there's no industry we won't look at. We had a candidate, for example, we'll use um, the pancake parlor candidate oh, absolutely, as an yeah. example i'll let you share that story Jerry. ron yeah he was uh, managing the pancake parlor down in i think it was i think it was doncaster actually and it was very very nerve-wracking for him to get into real estate but he ended up joining up with i think it was harcourts in the northern suburbs at rada and co and i think he's just, he's one of their top performers there at the moment but it goes to show it doesn't matter you can you can come from any industry and you can you can be a really successful agent if you've got the hunger and the hustle behind you but you also need someone to identify just like kevin talked about in that petrol station one day when someone said hey you could be a really good yeah. agent it's about a recruiter or someone going hey i believe in you this is an opportunity do you want it? Do you have the hunger for it? And if you're coming from retail hospitality where you're working long hours, you're on your feet and you're on a base salary of $25 an hour 
and you have the potential to go into a sales opportunity, it's not going to be great money off the get-go, but the harder you work, the more you earn, that is appealing to the right kind of person. That is a certainly future not in every. Absolutely. There's not much future in retail, for example. No, or hospitality. Before we go, what would you advise one golden nugget for a real estate office, uh, office owner? How would they work with their sales team, recruit the right sales people? What do they need to do? I think within their staff, it's continual training, because you're never too old to learn new things. The market is always changing. There's always ways to speak to vendors. There's different different vendors, different buyers that you're gonna be dealing with. So it's that continual training to help you grow your skill set and become the best possible agent you can be. Jeremy, do you want to add anything? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of some advice, but really just don't, don't be a dick. Yeah. Like that's the easiest thing to say to a director. That was a lot more to it, but like. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It's probably the best advice we've had all day. Oh, thank you, man. Especially for some real estate agents. I think yeah. as well though, I think if the boys could really, like they on the spot, sometimes they can feel a little bit under pressure. I think the advice they would we really give to. sorry. That's okay. The advice that you, we would really give as a, as a team as well to directors with looking to potentially hire salespeople is in that interview, don't always ask the agent, what can you give me? Business owners need to now offer and ask them, what can I what can I give you to take your business to the next level? The whole recruitment model has shifted monumentally, particularly after the COVID pandemic. And it's not about what someone can give you and what they can do to benefit your business, but also what the business can give to the agent to take their business to the next level. So if you have a high performing agent in front of you, that's you know, that's whether it's come from titanium or someone that you've hunted directly, have a strategy in place before that interview to offer that candidate to go, you're currently a $300,000 GCI writer. This is the planned strategy in place that I can give you to take your business to the next level. Here's a case study of someone in our business that we've already done that with and watch how many agents you'll be able to attract. But going in underprepared and having that same old school method that they're just gonna come, they're not gonna come anymore. Hmm. They need a push and whether that's a recruiter or whether it's internal referrals from their staff members, you need to be more open-minded when it comes to recruitment, particularly in this day and age. Some great advice. Thank you. You are welcome. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you for having us. us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Estate Renovators. It was a pleasure having us on. Thank you very much. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. You literally took what I was going to say again. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? I was going to say see you next time. I didn't say see you next time.